Welcome to Perfecting the Formula. This is Juan. And this is Mahesh. And today we're going to talk about Formula One testing. But before we get into that, we are going to introduce a special guest today. Uh, this person has been with uh, Hilltop Motorsports for three years. He is actually the current team captain, and he has been in a Infinity USA Formula Test uh, Formula Racing finalist. And his name is Sam. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thanks for joining us. I'm sure you'll provide a lot of good insight instead of our usual tomfoolery. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully I can contribute a little bit here. So we'll see. No promises. No promises that what I have is good. So. All right. So, Juan, you get to kick it off this time because uh, what's, our, what's our first talking point? So today we're just going to talk about overall testing. So um, specifically who, te- uh, who at least um, started out right. Well, I mean... We'll start with the basics and cover them. Ferrari and Mercedes did their shit. They handled it. Uh, multiple drivers doing 100 laps a day. Um, except Mercedes, because they were splitting the load pretty evenly. Ferrari seemed to be like having days that were assigned to Vettel and days assigned to Charles, it looked like, because um, there were two days where Charles got a century, and then there was a couple days where Vettel got a century. So, I mean... Yeah, Bottas got 69 on one of, on the first day. Yeah, that, I swear to God, if we find <laughs> out that's intentional. Mercedes team principal organizes a 69-lap uh, test ring. No, I mean, they're both good. They both put in their time. I get the feeling Mercedes is holding some pace back on us, as shown by the last day of testing them putting in some fast times. But, I mean, they showed out where they were. I mean, you have anything to add on about them? Um... Not much. Uh, again, Ferrari looks pretty good. Uh, looks like they could take the fight. Well, they always could bring the fight. They just haven't stepped See, that's up. That's because testing doesn't include strategy. There's no strategy portion of testing. We have to wait for an Austrian, or not Austrian, what was it, where they completely screwed up? Um, Who's? Uh, Ferrari. Uh, every other race? Every other race but the Austrian <laughs> Grand Prix. Like, just, we'll wait for that. Um, teams that stood out to me. Well, before we get into that, um, uh, well, yeah. Um, actually, Honda's actually doing pretty good with uh, Red Bull. Yeah, uh, with Toro Rosso and surprisingly with um, uh, with Red Bull. Yeah, um, they're doing good with both. Um, I would have liked to see more rap, more laps. Their lap figures are a little low for, for my taste. I'm, I'm not sure about reliability with those low of lap numbers, but um, we'll see. The, the pace is also not as good as I would have liked it. Um, I haven't looked at straight line speed figures, though, and that might be the determining factor. Uh, Red Bull is clearly going with the same aerodynamic package. They still got the rake at an egregious angle, um, in my opinion. But uh, actually, Mercedes is the only one without a high rake. I thought no. I thought Ferrari. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. They're the ones without the high rake, and then Ferrari falls into the Goldilocks zone of rakes, as um, Will Buxton described it. But yeah, but um, at least for those who don't remember or have not seen any of the testing, aerodynamics has changed this year. Yeah, they simplified um, front wing elements, different parts of the floor modified. I think there's a rear wing modification, a slight rear wing modification. Uh, basically, all of this is because Formula One's like, we're boring as fuck and um, we're making passing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> all but, right, but at least with when it comes to aero, there's a lot of design implementation. And actually, Sam is working on making our vehicle aero for the next year. So any inputs on developing aero? Uh yeah, sure. So aero, an aero package in a Formula One car and an aero package on a Formula SAE car are pretty different um, <laughs> in the sense that, like, Formula One, you're going, like, 200 miles an hour. Yeah. And you're generating outrageous downforce figures. And Formula SAE, you, you know, you'll be lucky to hit 
50 miles an hour on a straight on, on the track. So um, there's also a ridiculous uh, budget difference yeah. difference between I'd, I'd hope my college isn't paying you guys that much to make yeah, a car yeah it's so we don't so, want to talk about that yeah so uh in terms of aero those the formula one teams are going through every single they're dotting their t's or cross or they're crossing their t's dotting their i's they're hitting every single detail on theirs uh their packages they're simulating them um to like the fullest extent and then they're testing them with you know all the different configurations that they do on the on the track, um, and so ideally we'd like to do a lot of the same stuff. And I think if you ask a lot of the more experienced Formula SA teams, they'd probably tell you that they do do a lot of this. But uh, I don't know if this is kind of like what you guys are looking mm-hmm. for in this either. But for us, it's we keep it simple. Is it going to work? Do the numbers make sense? And can we actually implement it? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like our how how I've been going about it. At least we got to be realistic for uh with our manufacturing capabilities and i think that's how williams is looking at it at this point um (laughs) can we be realistic Uh, can we get on the track Uh, exactly to a certain to a certain extent you have to you know define realistic goals and things that you can actually achieve so yeah i think we're looking i think especially with the new rules we've seen some interesting aero elements being tested Um, mercedes and ferrari went on completely different tracks on their front wing i don't know if you noticed but uh Mercedes is going with an inward angle. Merce- uh, Ferrari is going with the outward angling on their um, front wing, re- resulting in similar stats, but I would like to see tire degradation. I don't know if that will be affected. Um, well, at least they don't have snow this year, so they can at least turn up the heat on their vehicles. But I doubt it anybody's actually going to turn up all the way. I noticed they're about half a second off from their actual qualifying laps from 2018. At uh, least the top. Yeah, five racers. yeah. I'm. Um, I don't know if that's actually going to be that they're going to be slower this year though, because I'm. Um, a simpler front wing to me would mean that you can't generate as much downforce as you used to be able to, if you have fewer elements that are that you can manipulate. But. But who knows on how much of that with the new DRS dumping that much, uh, wind resistance whenever they're on the straightaways that might mm-hmm. help too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, Unless your wing starts flying like uh, Daniel Ricardo, but that's a different story. Yeah, did you see, um, what was it, um, Hulkenberg, on his fastest lap, he said he didn't even use DRS, and I think it was out of a fear that the same thing would happen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's an interesting point. We'll see how the new era rules play into this. Hopefully it actually, well, hopefully um, we get some good racing. Uh, maybe not as fast as... It looks like it's not as bad of a loss as everybody was saying. They're going to lose between one to two seconds if they're uh, raking up the same amount of speed for um, or same lap times from last year's actual qualifying race. I don't think they accounted for engine development. I think they're starting to do more engine development a lot now since they, they lost the aero aspect. They had more time to do engine development, so I don't think they accounted for that. All right. So at least um, for the uh, Formula B, who do you think is actually going to do well? I'm actually thinking that we might not have as much of a Formula B this year. Renault surprised me. I was not expecting that much uh, output from Renault. They were putting in very solid lap times, um, outpacing Mercedes on some of the days. And um, McLaren's looking really good. Um, Finally. (laughs) Yeah, about fucking time, McLaren. Took y'all so long. Alonzo's like, wow, the minute I leave. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think McLaren's possibly entering into top tier this year. I think Renault's possibly entering into top tier this year. Toro Rosso's like, 
teetering on the edge. Haas was a letdown. I'm not seeing great times from Haas. I'm not seeing good reliability from Haas either. I think they broke down on multiple days. Yeah, they did. Um, they were not the only team that broke down. Which we'll uh, get into that too. Williams and all of their 29 laps. Yeah, uh, well, at least for people that actually broke down, whether it's just barely leaving the pit lane, I think there were a total of three teams. Them, um, Renault at one point, but it was just due to a sensor or fuel pump issue. Yeah. And yeah. Sauber, uh, Alpha Romeo. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep calling them Sauber, by the way. Don't don't sue us, Alpha Romeo. Also, I take back from last week. Uh, they're another cop- copy-paste. Oh, God, I'm so pissed about... Th- Why did you bring up the liveries? Why did you have to do that to me? The one I liked was copy-paste. Though now that I see the Ferrari one on track, it's a little more distinctive. But, like, Alpha, what the hell? It was so good. You know what happened, don't you? They couldn't put good sponsors on that much design. Oh, yeah, we talked about that last time. Oh, yeah. With, uh, by uh, the way, I found um, the, the email for McLaren. They'll be getting an email shortly from me asking to put PTF on their car. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they don't have any sponsors. I'll pay them a cent. It'll be fine. <laughs> Product placement. That's not a conflict of interest at all. <laughs> but, yeah, um, Renault, Renault's looking really good. I'm not going to be surprised if they podium a few times. Yeah, I was watching uh, one of the Formula One um, shows, and uh, I forgot which one. Uh, but they were talking about... You know, the last couple of years, Renault has been putting, like, the foundation. And then, all right, they're putting the walls. They're getting nice. And now they're putting the roof to make it all nice and pretty and actually do something. Yeah, they're taking the baby steps back to being champions. It's The last time they were champions was 2005 and 2006 with Fernando Alonso. And then they haven't won since. So it's been a good 13 years. So they're overdue. Back in the blue and yellow days, they should have done it. They should have gone back to the blue and yellow <laughs> colors. Oh my god, I'm so upset they didn't. There was a lot of teams that was were was hoping they would have a better color outfit than they have now. Or better color liveries, but liveries was last time. Oh, <laughs> no, liveries can be this time too. Um yeah, so that's been covered uh, the teams. Uh what else you want to talk about, Juan? Um, let's talk about the disaster stories of ha- of Williams. Um pros and cons, or I at least want to say some things of I know what you're going to say about Williams just showing up on... Well, well I'm just going to actually leave this to you guys. So you two both have done testing on cars before. What's... Have you ever had the issue where you've lost significant amounts of testing time that you weren't planning on learning? Actually, last year. Now, leave <laughs> Sam talk Don't on that. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Yeah, basically, that's like the entire comp... That's like the, the entire thing every year. We never test as, enough as we need to test. Because you have issues with manufacturing... And you don't get things finished in time, and then all of a sudden your car doesn't run, and you can't get your engine running right. And then all of a sudden, like, when all of this is happening, you've got, like, two or three people who just stop showing up. And their, their responsibility was to get the car running or this, this responsibility. And then you get to competition, and you have... One with, cylinder. <laughs> yeah, we're running, you're running on one cylinder. That was a specific example from this year. It was disaster year this year in the past. I think the most testing we've ever gotten before a competition was six hours, maybe. Yeah. So what sort of issues are we thinking Williams ran into? Because I haven't seen an official story as to why they've run into amazing issues. It sounds like it was a last-minute manufacturing part that maybe didn't pass some kind of testing because they were supposed to do a um, media or a shakedown on that Saturday and a Friday. They said they couldn't be there. 
on time. I know they were supposed to be recording today on Friday at, over there in England. I don't know which track, but... Like, all I'm saying is, what the hell? This was supposed to be your comeback year. What the actual hell? Like... No, but if you look in the history of, at least within the turbo hybrid era of what's now known as um, uh, Racing Point and who knows whatever other words. <laughs> Daddy Stroll Team. yeah, Daddy Stroll Team. They always showed up with the previous year cars just with the new aero modifications. That's what they've been doing the last couple of years for the first couple of days of the or the first week of testing. And then actually bring their f- new car completely week two or just show up to melbourne with a new car yeah they have been doing that i mean maybe that's what williams is doing but i don't i don't unless you want to talk about that fluke year of 2009 how braun didn't show up the first week and somehow took over the championship so that's because of a diffuser rule issue mercedes (laughs) like mclaren and ferrari thought that you couldn't thought that there was no way the fia would approve a diffuser that low on the Braun thing, and it turned out the FIA did to fuck with Ferrari and McLaren, <laughs> and so Braun just ended up destroying them to tiny little pieces. But I mean, I'm—I was really looking forward to seeing Williams put in, and even when they were testing, they put in like twenty odd laps on the one of the days, and they were in the bottom in terms of speed. Well, they were running with the rake uh, uh, way too slow. You saw that one time that. Um, Hamilton had to eject his actual fast lap. Yeah. He that had was, to, like, bail really quickly. Thank God there was an off-road there. That could have been a bad day for Mercedes being the dirt, but there was, what, already four people in the dirt? Yeah, there were the a lot gravel. of people in the dirt. I mean, there's always weird... This is a side note, but it's important to note when it comes to testing in Barcelona. Wind gets really weird at that track, and um, with the amount of aero we're running in the modern era, it... it it, it really messes with them when there's crosswinds. I didn't read that as, like, the official news as to why a lot of people were going off. It would not surprise me if there was just gusts of wind that were screwing up drivers. I know. That's what was happening two years ago, at least when they have these shark fins. I don't know why they always add the shark fins for, like, a year and then take them away randomly. Don't... They don't like the flexing and bowing of shark fins. They think it's unsafe. And then a couple years later, they re it again. <laughs> Shark fins, so interesting. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those spinning off were to win. But yeah, I mean, Williams, another letdown. I'm not expecting them to get out of the bottom. Really so, not. Uh, as a team principal, could it be the p- team principal or maybe one of the actual engineers or like Patty Lowe? Because everybody's saying this is make or break for his year or for his career especially. I think that... After this year, if they're still in the bottom, fire everyone. McLaren, pretty much a reset. Yeah, like literally this is your only option at this point is fire everyone and hope for the best. Yeah, um, well, most of it's, as I said, Sam's over here, the team captain. So he could at least talk about how as a team captain, he has to overlook everyone on how he manages. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, ideally you've got like a group, a core group that you can rely on. Um, and normally we do as, as like the captain, there'll be like four or five other people that like, I can really rely on to get their things done, like the way they're supposed to be done and on time. And then everybody else, it's like, you tell them to do something. Oh, at least, at least this is how I started thinking of it to make it easier on myself. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get stressed out. I was like, okay, I'll tell this person to do it. But in my head, I know how I would do it. And if they don't do it, I'll just be able to do my way. If they do do it, that's great. 
That's n- I don't think that's the way a professional team has to operate and function. No, I'm pretty sure that's how McLaren was operating with Honda at one point. Was just like, <laughs> I'm. This is how I want them to do it. Are they going to do it this way? Probably not. Yeah. So that's kind of it's. It's like ideally you have you know you've got your different sub teams of each of each part of the car or like subsystems and then they'll have a team lead um, who like manages and is responsible for that area um, and then like that person would report to a chief engineer or a team captain. Uh, that's kind of how ours works. We have a team captain and a chief engineer who are kind of like, they're very similar. Um, mm-hmm. We basically do the same types of things, um, except the titles are a little bit different. And so uh, it kind of, the, the tier system ends up getting funky, I think, uh, maybe, I know for sure for us, but I don't know, in terms of real Formula One stuff, <laughs> I have a feeling there's a more, a yeah. yeah, a little have bit you, more Have you ever, as a team captain, just thought about saying like, fuck it, everyone's done, we're starting this from scratch? Uh, no, I have, like, had conversations with people where, like, they stormed off and never showed back up again, but... We call that the Fernando Alonso approach. <laughs> um. Yeah, that has happened before. It's like, you never want to see it happen, especially someone who's been involved, but it's just like, if this individual continues to make the same mistakes time after time after time, you can't just continue to overlook it and be like, this is not okay, you know, there's an issue here, and we yeah. need to address it, and, like, the problem with us, too, is, like... I guess this probably may be similar for a lot of the Formula One guys. Like, we don't get paid. This is just, this is free. We don't, you know, this is just extra stress, poor grades, bad GPAs that we (laughs) get out of here. They, like, the Formula One engineers, they don't get paid very very well either. Um, So they're not well paid. Their positions are very competitive. So they can basically fill a Formula One engineer position like that. So that's interesting. That's one of the things I learned when I uh, was a finalist in the Infinity Engineering Academy. Um, That's basically like the that's basically a program. It's like a one year placement. You work six months with Renault's Formula One team and then six months with Infinity's Technical Center. I was talking to some of the guys uh, who work there and one of the current interns. And he was like, yeah, I kind of realized through this that uh, I was like, one, they the Formula One engineers, it's not like they're making big bucks. They're they're, they work really hard, and they don't get paid that much, and they're replaceable. So yeah, maybe a little bit of perspective there. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that because, I mean, you see Lewis Hamilton off flying off in his private jet, and you don't think about the fact that the guy who built his car is out there, like, barely uh, scraping together. I, th- I, think they, when, I think when they go around, they get wined and dined, and they get to yeah. spend a lot of, comp- you know, a lot of, I yeah. think they get a car, they get to swipe a lot. But <laughs> uh, at the same time, it's not like they're making crazy money either though so yeah. that was one thing i was pretty surprised about when i was told that i was like wow you know those guys are doing cool stuff so yeah and that yeah that's tough i guess so we've hit teams pretty hard now there's only one aspect left drivers you had your eye on some interesting drivers i kind of want to hear your opinion on some of the drivers well First of all, uh, one I forgot the driver's name, the Toro Rosso one that threw me off. For uh, I had a research on what the hell's going on with the green lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Toro Rosso, or at least what Red Bull Racing has had an issue lately is they didn't have enough drivers from the junior academies to actually fill in for um, for Toro Rosso, and they how they just got rid of um. I already forgot what's the New Zealand's name. Crap. Um, uh, uh, Hartley? Yeah, Hartley. Thank you. All right. That was really bad. We're going <laughs> to 
Jesus. That <laughs> at was least, rough. At least I remembered his country of origin. That's how memorable you were as a driver. Uh, Second time around. <laughs> took us a few tries. No, um, but they have the green lights because of they don't have their actual uh, super license. They just have the international A license. So Wait, Alexander Albon doesn't have his super license? I think it was him or someone else. That's why <laughs> they have people testing Formula One cars without super licenses. So yeah, they have different lights, so they could everybody could be like, "Hey, that guy is new kid on the block." Are you allowed to race in F one without a super? No, you could only test without a super. But you have to have at least an international A license. Is this a sign? Now this is conspiracy theory time because I love conspiracy theories. I actually hate most of them, but this one I like. Is this a sign that Red Bull's gonna leave Formula One? Possibly. Like, if you don't have the drivers, like, and you're not trying to... There's lots of drivers that want to race for Formula One, I'm sure. Like, hey, I'll go. I mean, whether or not your car ends up in a wall is up to you, but I'll do it. But, like, I mean, if you're not actively getting drivers, I think that's a sign that you want to leave the sport. Oh, also, we forgot to mention we are sponsored by Red Bull, at least in Hilltop Motorsports Semi. We, we get all the Red Bull... Sponsored by Red Bull. Uh, we'll try not to roast them too much. No guarantees from my end. Don't hate them. They do great. But Red Bull, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> we'll talk about your engine decisions later. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, get your goddamn super license before you get behind a supercar. Yeah, so all they have to do is 300 kilometers, which that should be easily obtained. Oh, yeah. It well, should be Barcelona, obtained already. Isn't Barcelona like five kilometers long? Oh, snap. SMU's finest. Oh, yeah. SMU PD just pulled up behind the building. Uh, we're going to have to run now. Uh, too many colored people in one area. No, I'm joking. Oh, uh, uh, just kidding. I shouldn't make that joke. It's actually accurate, though. Um, hang on. I'm trying to pull up uh, how long circuit de Barcelona oh, Catalunya is. It's got to be over five kilometers, right? Right. 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 Uh, length. We're just going to Google length of Barcelona circuit. 4.655. So that's what? 80 laps? 70 laps? 70 to 80 laps? Yeah, around there. Uh, he must have hit that by now. Yeah, so I don't know if he has to do some kind of other appeal at, during the weekend. But Guess who holds the lap record at a track that has a lot of straights? Well, depends. It was Azerbaijan, kind of, but it has that bend, but it's not really a bend. Yeah, but guess who holds the track record for Barcelona? Alonzo? <laughs> no, Danny Rick. How does Red Bull have a track record on a track that has, like, high speed? Well, they have some very low-speed corners. But that's in the third sector. Like, first and second are all just high speed. All right, I don't know. Sorry, that was like a sidetrack, but that's just crazy to me. I would feel like Mercedes would dominate at that track, and they do, typically. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, forget your super license is basically the moral of that part of the story. Charles Leclerc. Coming out in a storm. He's doing pretty good. Um, the team principal for Ferrari, the new guy, Ma- Matteo Benito or something like that. Bene- what, what is he, he has crazy hair. That's all I remember. Yeah, by. all I remember is he needs to like ease up on the hair gel. Um, well, I don't even think he has hair gel. I think he just wakes up and it's He better there. have hair gel. That better be a styling decision. Because if not, get it together. Because the old uh, team principal had like the old Italian Maurizio Arriva Bene. <laughs> And this one's just like, yeah, man, just live free. And he doesn't even sound that, like, he, like, typically, like, your, 
Yeah, he's just an entirely new... He doesn't even have, like, the passion that you normally see from the Ferrari team principals, which was kind of interesting to me. He was very analytical. He reminded me of Christian Horner. Um, well, maybe they needed someone new to actually call better shots. Yeah, I think that Ferrari's always seeked... I feel like they've been stereotyped into always getting someone, like, passionate because passion is equated with Ferrari, and it's just, I think they're playing a cultural stereotype, and they're just trying to continue it. And I'm glad that they're, like, saying, fuck the cultural stereotype, and let's get someone that might actually do the job. But um, he was saying something that was really interesting. He was saying both drivers are really good, and we have to see how it plays out. Is he contemplating making Charles the number one driver? Well, it seemed like in some of the news conference that they were still supporting Sebastian Vettel as the number one driver. Yeah, sure, and I'll continue to support Sebastian Vettel up until he fucks up and crashes into a wall when he's leading the race in the rain. And then <laughs> I will say, go Charles. Because the German Grand Prix is a race that happens pretty annually. Well, we'll find out. Um, hopefully there's some nice weather. and Instead of forecast rain and nope, 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 five minutes after the race, yes. I hate when they... Rain in a Formula One race is the worst striptease in the world. It's so stupid. All right. Anyway. Oh, oh speaking of that, wet testing will come up next week um, where they waste so much water just getting the track wet. <laughs> I'm so shocked environmentalists don't get up in arms about wet testing. And it's not really the best rain testing or best uh, wet road testing because... They just get a big, giant truck, dump water on it, and it's not a consistent um, pour of rain, nor they could simulate how temperatures constantly change based on the type of uh, ambient temperature of the water coming down and all yeah. that fun stuff. But yeah, so it's something. I always like watching the wet weather testing, though, because uh, the teams with low rigs always get screwed. But um, actually, actually, you know what's fun? Um, whenever we go to testing down in... Um, Lincoln watching the uh, Formula Electric SAE, FSAE cars get uh, tested for water. So they pretty much put the car underneath this giant bucket and they get the bucket and just dump water on them. How, how many gallons do you think that is? Uh, I, I don't know. You could look it up uh, real quick and figure out the, the test. You know, all of the, the technical inspection is like they have the, these big long tests and one of them is they have to like have it. Oh, it's like just sprays water on it for, I don't know, a few minutes, I think. Is that just to make sure, like, there won't be an electrical issue when you dump water on it? Like, if it's raining, yeah. yeah. They, can they race in the like? Can they race and run in the rain without zapping the driver? I guess I don't know. I mean, have, starting a lithium fire out in the airport. I guess I don't. Know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not exactly sure, but yeah, no. That's the testing that they or the tech inspection that they do is pretty intense. And I can only imagine it's extremely more intense for a Formula exactly. One car racing alongside other cars. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. We do not want to talk about our exhaust test <laughs> or exhaust, uh, what was it, critique or it's inspection? The, the noise. It's the noise. They have a noise uh, Ceiling, level yeah. Yeah, for uh, internal combustion. Um, and we had some issues. Is this something we can disclose in, on, in the public? <laughs> we might have jumped around the rules a little bit. But that's <laughs> racing. That's racing. That's racing. I, I don't see... If, like, you're you... not, if you're not, you know, flexing, pushing the boundaries of the rules, what do you, you know? Yeah, you're, not, you you're not what innovating. You you're not... Hey, listen, it won Brawn a championship. Do we, do we it wasn't on the rules, technically. <laughs> hey, listen, it won Brawn a championship. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so, all right. Drivers that impressed were noted. And um, teams without super licenses were also noted. Come on, Toro Rosso, get your goddamn super licenses. 
Ah, uh, that's gonna be a thing with me now. All right. Um, drivers that disappointed. Well, it depends on disappointment, I but I think overall, um, K Mag at no, what K Mag's not driving. It's K Mag did well. He did. He did a couple. No, things. they have a tied driver too. Oh yeah, the the Fittipaldi. Fittipaldi. I think he did decent. Which uh, I'm. I was confused when they threw the reserve driver in there, but. That's actually pretty. I think it's time to replace Grosjean. And I think they're realizing it's time to replace Grosjean. Erickson hit him. <laughs> I think Erickson hit you. And I'm like, no, he didn't. He's 20 feet away. He did not hit him. Oh, that was such a highlight of last year. Yeah, um, K-Mac did well. Um, Danny Rick. I don't know if it was the car. I think... Um, Growing pains? Yeah, he was also doing testing earlier and he had elements falling off. I, I've, I've always seen Danny Rick as more of a in-race stellar performance than a testing qualifying performance. Yeah, because the last time he's been in a car besides the shakedown was Abu Dhabi because uh, Red Bull didn't want to release him to go to uh, Renault and actually test with him that following week. Yeah, and it was his, one of his first times in that car. Steering wheel's completely different. Uh, everything's different. Paddles in different places. Um, your engineer's new and... You got to, like, learn how to communicate within their realm. And so I'm sure he's getting hold of things. We'll see him the second week. I guess that leads us into what are your things that you're keeping an eye on for, for the second week of testing? Well, besides the 20-something laps of um, Robert Kubica, I think actually watching him push in more laps next week, seeing how he actually evolves with the car. Yeah, I mean, he obviously passed his physical test, but... There's no test that can really simulate 70 laps of high G forces in a car with no, not much of insulation between you and a hot ass engine and possibly no drink. Kimi, you do not have the drink. Uh, <laughs> that was such an. Oh yeah. Nico Hulkenberg actually clapped back at that. <sighs> but yeah, it's just going to be. Actually, a lot of the drivers bulked up a little now that they changed their weight regulations. Yeah, because it's yeah, driver weight's not going to play as much of a role. Yeah, because they they used to do you know what they they used to like starve themselves before races. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think looking forward, and we can't say that about our team because I it was me and Alex, which we're not the smallest guys. So during te- or when we were at the competition, I we me and Alex weighed about the same, so we were about both two twenty. <laughs> you know, Alexis. Yeah, Alexis. <laughs> yeah, but for us, it, it gets to the point. It's like when you put in the number of hours that a lot of our guys end up putting in. It's like, yeah, you can drive. I'm not gonna tell you. You just put in, you know, thousand thousand hours into this car, and then you can't drive it in competition. <laughs> Man, yeah, I would. I would let them drive. Shit. Yeah. I would not also make Juan mad. And then we had, well, we had some smaller drivers, but that's about it. Uh, one of the first drivers, actually, his first time driving was during the actual competition on the brake test. That was oh hilarious. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, yeah, right. So y'all did the Toro Rosso approach to testing. Well, he, we had a senior, and he was he passed tech. Like, I, it would have taken, uh, we were, like, running out of time. And one of, the, one of the tests is an egress test. You have to be able to get out of the car in less than five seconds. Which, it, it's not easy, but it's not that hard. Our cars are really tiny. Yeah. Um, and we were, like, running out of time. We had to pass. We had to get through these other two stages, noise and brake, sound and brake. And, uh, like, I guess we all went over there to do it. And then Juan and Alex, did you even try it, actually? 
Yeah, uh, we tried. We were, we tried. I was wearing shorts. So I got caught up, and then I was like, "Screw this!" Yeah. So yeah, we weren't wearing our flame retardant, but we could do that during the egress test. So random. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were basically just like, "All right, we got to have two drivers to be able to do this thing to at least compete uh, at this point." And so Ryan was over there. We're like. All right, Ryan, hop in, do it, man. <laughs> he passed it, and then you're like, all right, go do brakes. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> That's so. amazing. But, yeah, so, all right, so we're looking forward to seeing Kubica get in some laps. I would like to see Red Bull pick up the pace. I think they're being a little tentative right now, and I'm going to like to see them put in some flying laps. Uh, Mercedes will always let their pace go on the last day, and it'll be interesting to see after the last day. But, yeah. Should be an interesting week of testing ahead of us. Any last notes you want to add, Juan? Um, not really. Um, uh, most of the well, I'm looking forward to seeing how everybody finally cranks up the heat. Hopefully, Williams has a fast track testing regiment. Show up, Williams, is what we're saying. Well, at least they showed up. Yeah, Jesus. Because we showed well, yeah, when we were in Lincoln, we showed up. We were running with one cylinder and. After talk, what team was Alburn? I think we were talking Alabama. To, Alabama. We were talking to Alabama, and they they said something which clicked in my head. I'm like, let me go check that on my car, and I like started taking apart stuff and testing stuff, and I was like, really, this was it the whole time? Yeah, it ended up being the smallest little thing that like we knew too. We knew how it was supposed to be, and then it just got mixed up at some point. And it was just like, uh, it's the worst feeling. It's so interesting seeing how these parallels also work with, like, Formula One, because you see, like, the stupidest things occur in Formula One as well, like not testing your wheel guns before a race. Spark plugs. (laughs) (laughs) Vettel's never going to ever be okay after spark plugs. Well, I feel like that's one of those things. It's like there might there's like a small miscommunication. It's like someone thinks that they're, like, is, like, 100% confident that they're good, but, like, someone else, like, moved, you know, moved it or changed it before... And then it's just like a little miscommunication and they get confused and it's, that's what, I mean, that's what happened to us at the end of the day. So yeah, but it's interesting. Well, uh, for those of you that are going to keep track of testing for, uh, this upcoming week, uh, I do not recommend actually watching testing live. You have to really hate your life to do that. Um, but, or really bored in the gym on a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, (laughs) one of the two things, um, check it out on F1 TV if you'd like. Uh, I always watch the highlights on the f1 youtube youtube channel um check out autosport they have good news coverage of what's going on um got anything to add on juan um for our current 20 listeners who may or may not are interested in helping a college team where where can they get us sam uh you guys can find us on uh, our website is hilltop motorsports um and we also have a facebook page you can just look up like hilltop moto hilltop motorsports uh, formula sae um, you guys can reach out too if you guys would like to be in touch and keep up with what we're doing. It's always something exciting, and uh, we always love to have feedback and get you know get new viewers and comments and likes. So yeah, um, and new sponsors. Oh, and yeah, new, new sponsors. sponsors. Yeah, money uh, is great too. We love money. We all love money, by the way. <laughs> um, so yeah, check out Hilltop Motorsports if you'd like to follow us on social media. We are now on all forms of social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at, at Perfecting the Formula, and you can find us on Twitter at, at Perf Formula. That's P E R F Formula. And uh, as always, message us uh, comments on our posts if you have any questions about. Uh, anything we've talked about, or if you'd like us to cover something new, uh, send it, shoot us an email at perfectingtheformula@gmail.com. And uh, this has been Mahesh. And this is Juan. 
And this is Sam. <laughs> and thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys soon.